Lord, everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I felt the unction of the Holy Ghost when we prayed for this elder. And I feel like God is sending something to him tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord again tonight. I, uh, I was in here early this afternoon, I guess about 6 o'clock this afternoon in here praying for tonight. And I feel like the Lord spoke something to me and said, he feels like we've gotten too used to his miracles. Praise the Lord. We see miracles and we get too used to them. And uh, I feel like uh, God wants to do some miracles, but I feel like sometimes we get so used to it that we just think it can't happen. And I'm not going to preach about miracles, but I'm just telling you what the Lord spoke to my heart. It was kind of disturbing to me. Praise the Lord. Praise God. If I could get you tonight, if you have a Bible, turn your books to the uh, book of Genesis chapter 25. Praise God. And uh, I have no choice but to preach to you tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I asked the Lord tonight was sinners coming when I was praying. Praise the Lord. And this is what I feel like you put upon my heart. Genesis 25, verse 29. Genesis 25, 29. It said, Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and he sweared unto him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Oh, God of heaven, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for every song, God, that we sing tonight. I thank you for every person here tonight. I thank you for the anointing that I do feel. I feel such a closeness and nearness of you tonight, Lord. God, anoint your people's hearts and minds, God, to receive this word. Let me be anointed to preach this word, God. Let me walk in the Holy Ghost in your precious name. Put your Bibles down and praise Him one more time with me before we get into this, will you? Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you. We do glorify you and lift you up today, God, above all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated tonight. I uh, want to preach for a few minutes by the help of the Holy Ghost, a bowl of soup. <laughs> a bowl of soup. We live in a world that is impatient and does not want to wait for anything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Technology has uh, 
enlarged itself to a taste that uh, is insatiable, the gratification. We have satellite communication and uh, we have microwave ovens. We have fax machines and we have all these things. We have tellers and we're spoiled by the convenience of this world. Does anybody believe that tonight? We're, con we're spoiled by the convenience of speed. Right now, praise God. We want it right now. And as we become more and more accustomed to having things right now, we become increasingly more impatient with the mundane, the mundane, the mundane things uh, of life. Praise God. We easily become frustrated uh, with a few remaining activities uh, that require uh, a lot of our time. Uh, praise God. And it's clearly uh, apparent that everyone uh, must endure uh, the daily commune you know i get a kick out of people brother riggins as i see them driving up and down the road i see people putting makeup on and i see people reading and uh, i see people shaving uh I people i see people doing all kind of things reading books uh going down the highway uh i see uh things take place like that and it's amusing to me uh i see people that will make a right hand turn uh at a red light and go through the gas station uh because they don't want to sit some of you's done it. Some of you's done it. We are impatient people. Things that we wait for have lost have lost their value to us. The art of waiting is quickly becoming extinct. Anybody believe that? You can just give me one of them old nods tonight. That'll work. Praise God. If you can't say, oh, me, or amen, just give me one of them old nods. That'll work with me tonight. The sad part about this is many times time, so we don't realize why we're in such a hurry. My wife was driving down when we was coming down back uh, here this time, and, and it seemed like, man, we was really moving. And I said, honey said, yes. I said, how fast are you going? She said, all about 78. I said, well, back her down a little bit. What's the hurry? We're going to get there. <laughs> it was said that Huxley was once on his way to a meeting there at the British Association in Dublin, but he arrived late at the station, and he hurriedly and jumped into a coach, and he ordered the coachman. He said, drive fast. In a way, they went jotting down the street, and at least he required of the the taxi cab, the taxi driver, and he said, "Do you know where we going?" He answered with a grin. He said, "No." I'm just driving fast uh, like you told me to. Uh, oh, come on, friend. Uh, that's a pretty good picture uh, of modern man today. One of the marchers of Coxley's armor walked in and he moved on Washington's troop and he tried to explain his mission that day. He said, we don't know what we want, but we want it mighty bad. We don't want know what we want, but we just want it mighty bad, huh? Come on, church. Uh, you know what I'm talking about today. Uh, we just want it quickly. Uh, we don't want to wait for it. Uh, come on, we just want it right now. 
You know that old adage that says a bird in a hand is worth two in the bushes? I know you've heard that. Simply meaning that you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't hold it today. It's worth more than the promise of something more than tomorrow. Come on, we got something to look forward to tomorrow. I said, we got something to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, I'm amazed as I read uh, the accounts of people that win the lottery. Just pick up the newspaper. They go and some people hit it lucky. Praise the Lord. And I'm amazed at how they hit these big mass amounts of money. And it says the state gives them an option. Certain people can be paid a portion over a 20-year period of time, or, or uh, you could just get a lump sum right now. But you know what most people do? They say, give it all to me right now. They don't want to wait for the lump sum. Uh, come on, we don't want to wait uh, for what God wants to give us. Uh, we got to say right now, uh, or it's not going to happen, uh, or it's not the will of God. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, come on, without doubt, uh, people want the whole thing uh, right now. Uh, they're willing to take a loss uh, to have something in their hands uh, right now. Uh, come on, the reason for that is uh, we have a hard time uh, believing uh, things that we can't see. We have a hard time of believing things that we cannot see. Come on, if we can hold it in our hands, uh, we know that we got it. Uh, but friend, if you can't hold it, uh, you say it can't happen. Uh, sometimes we see. Sometimes we can't seem to lose. Sometimes we just seem to lose the importance. And things lose the importance to us that we're trying to hold on to. And since we are people who live in the present, we're impatient to have it right now. We got to have it now. Praise. I said, we got to have it now. You know, your children walk up to you and as they're uh, growing and they get them a vehicle, they come up and they say, can I borrow? <laughs> My sons were big about, can I borrow? And I said, you mean, can you have? <laughs> you mean, can you have it? You know what I'm talking about? You mean can can daddy just give it to you? Is that what you're really talking about, right? No, daddy, I want to bark. Yeah, I, I know. But you know what they say? Well, I got to have it now. So we willingly sacrifice something for a greater value that we cannot see. Praise God. For something that's willing to provide us a instant gratification. Praise the Lord. Uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about? We'll do things to, to uh, please to this old flesh. Uh, but we won't wait when God says, wait, come on. Uh, God has said, wait, I got something in store for you. Uh, I just want you to pray one more day uh, about it. I just want you to uh, talk to me one more day about it. Uh, the answer's on the way. Uh, but we get impatient uh, and we say, no, God, uh, it's got to happen right now uh, or it's not going to happen uh, Oh, come on, help me, somebody. Uh, scores and hundreds and thousands uh, are willing to be bankrupt uh, through eternity uh, if they could just only uh, be winning, willing uh, to win their millions right now. Uh, and here we are. Uh, we find Esau uh, tonight deciding uh, between the unseen uh, of wealth and the inheritance uh, of years to come uh, for just the old bowl uh, of beef soup.
you know what? We have a birthright. I said, we have a birthright. I'm not fit to give up something for a bowl of soup that something looks good. Come on, I'm talking about something that appeases to this old flesh of mine. Uh, that's why you got to pray. Uh, that's why you got to fast. Uh, that's why you got to be in the Word of God. Uh, for when those things begin to come at you, uh, friend of mine, you can stand up. Uh, you can say, oh, no flesh. Uh, I'm fit to put you on a three-day fast. Uh, I'm fit to bring you back uh, into submission. Uh, I'm fit to do some work uh, on you flesh. I'm not going to settle for a bowl of soup. I'm not just to give up my inheritance that God has given to me. I'm not going to forfeit my holy God. Sometimes we don't value what we have. Have a birthright in the Bible was a great honor and a privilege. The word denotes a special privilege and advantage. Belonging to the first son among the Jews, he became the priest of the family. My goodness, and the firstborn was allotted to him also a double portion of the paternal inheritance. And the firstborn inherited judicial authority of his father, whatever it might have been. Praise God. And the Jews attached the sacred importance to the rank of the firstborn, uh, the first begotten. Esau stood uh, to become, uh, I said he stood to become the priest uh, or the spiritual leader uh, of his household of Isaac. Uh, the, oh my God, the inheritor uh, of a double portion of what his father's estate was uh, the lawmaker uh, for his family uh, oh come on somebody uh, the only problem was uh, it wasn't going to happen today uh, and it might not happen tomorrow uh, in fact it would be years to come uh, that Esau would rule uh, over his own house uh, he had a hunger for today birthright's a wonderful idea sounds good but to a lot of people, it represents the pie-in-the-sky philosophy, doesn't it? Come on now. You can't put a birthright in a pot of old stew and cook it up and think everything's all right and have you a good old nice stew. Come on, where is a pot of stew? Is in this story, it indicates uh, it satisfies the flesh. Uh, it's the instantaneous. Uh, come on, it's alluring. It's an aroma. The aroma of it is intoxicating. Uh, come on, there is a world out there uh, pulling on your soul. Uh, it's pulling on my soul. Uh, it's got things out there. Uh, come on, that is alluring uh, to our flesh. Uh, there's things out there uh, that smell good to this old flesh. Uh, and if we're not careful, Careful, uh, we'll sell out uh, because we're not doing uh, what God asked us to do. Uh, we're not in the place uh, that we need to be in God. So Esau went through his intentions. His intentions, I'm sure, were good. I'm sure way back from a long, fruitless day of hunting, he comes in the aroma 
of that old stew begins to do something to his old flesh it begins to smell good and as it comes up uh, to his old nostrils uh, immediately all thoughts uh, of the future uh, of the birthright sail right out the tent door uh, he's not even thinking about that no longer uh, although of the future are begotten uh, and the urge to satisfy uh, the flesh overtakes him uh, all the promises uh, of his inheritance uh, in the years to come are forgotten uh, and the desires of how uh, what I want right now uh, overtakes all. Uh, all the discipline and the common sense uh, take a back seat uh, to the overpowering urges. Uh, come on to have uh, a bowl of stew uh, right here, uh, right now. Uh, this instant, uh, oh, come on. Uh, and he sells, sells uh, his birthright out uh, for a bowl of old stew. Uh, in fact, the Bible says uh, he despised uh, his birthright. Uh, he scoffed at it. Uh, he made it unimportant. Uh, he sold for nothing nothing come on somebody reach out to him nothing how far are we willing to go how far are we as apostolic people willing to go what are we willing to do to this old flesh of ours to make sure that we can get right with God. You know what people hide behind the smallest things? Did you know there's people in this revival hadn't even bit their knee in an altar as of yet? And if I'm not mistaken, the altar was the very first thing that was set up. And it was only the priest that was seeing the shoe bread and the candlesticks and all that. But what the, when they looked out the door, the first thing they seen was the altar of sacrifice. Come on. <laughs> and it was that blood and all that other stuff. But you know what? We don't like an altar because it's dirty, it's bloody, it's nasty. Come on, we don't like that altar. We'll hide behind the smallest things and we'll say, well, I don't need that altar. Let them go. Uh, but I don't need it. Yes, you do. Come on, sir. You ain't bit your knee in one altar service. Uh, come on, you walk in like everything's okay. Uh, you battle just like I do. Uh, you got to bend your knee just like I got to bend my knee. Uh, you got to get a hold of God just like I got to get a hold of God uh, but if you hide behind those things uh, and act like everything's alright uh, you're going to stay exactly where you are uh, you'll let everything get in the way uh, come on you'll even let your job uh, dictate to you uh, how you're going to serve God uh, when you can come and when you can't uh, oh come on friend of mine uh, it's time to bend a knee uh, to an altar uh, it's time to have an, uh, a good old altar service uh, it's time to get out here uh, come on where it's dirty uh, where it's nasty where it stinks at. Come on. Oh, come on, friend of mine. Reach out just for a few more minutes, will you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're allergic to that altar. Some folks are. Sad fact of the matter is, however that when he sold, and he regretted it later. 
And you know what? That's usually how it is. When we give up a little bit of ground, we regret it later. We say, oh my, I could have did this or I could have did that. And I wouldn't have had to give that up. What God has already given me. Then we find ourselves back in that same place. And then, you know, this is what I've heard so many people say this before. And, and I've heard backsliders say it many, many times. And many, many revivals that I've been in. And they'll come down and they'll pray back through. They say, I want to get back to that place I was in at God. If they want to go back to that place they was in with God, uh, why did they backslide from that place they need to go to another place uh, in God. Uh, if they had been in another place in God, they wouldn't have backslid. Uh, come on to begin with. Uh, if they had to stop praying uh, and fasting and been out of the word, uh, they wouldn't have backslided. Oh my God. I don't want to go back to the place, come on, where uh, I was at and I feel like throwing the towel in. I want to go beyond that place. Uh, church is all we've had is revival. Uh, if we had went beyond uh, where we was at, we hadn't had revival. Come on, I said, we hadn't had revival. Uh, revival uh, is going beyond uh, where you're at right now. That's what revival is. Uh, it's not getting back to the place uh, that you were at, uh, but it's going beyond uh, that place. Oh, come on, friend. Esau set out to destroy. Oh, Jacob, because he never could get his birthright back. Long after the stew was consumed, the knowledge that he had given up, the rights of leadership of his father's house lingered with old Esau. Long after the temporary satisfaction of a bowl of stew to warm his old cold body uh, and fill an empty stomach had dissipated so Esau uh, come on was faced daily with the knowledge that he had despised and forsaken his opportunity on the land uh, the houses and the cattle and all the things that his daddy couldn't uh, pass down to him uh, every day he woke up facing the fact uh, that he had everything that he could ever wanted uh, or ever hope for uh, but he sold it for nothing uh, I said he gave it up for nothing uh, his legacy was not to inherit uh, Oh, from Isaac's estate uh, or his spiritual father's uh, Isaac's house. Uh, but his legacy is found. Uh, at least there be any fornicator uh, or a profane person uh, as Esau uh, who went for one morsel of meat. Uh, sold his birthright. Uh, sold his birthright. Uh, sadly, when we get to where we at, uh, it's such a hurry. Uh, we find ourselves in most cases, uh, it don't satisfy us to begin with. When we get it, it don't even satisfy us uh, to begin with. I said, when we get it, it's really not even what we wanted. It was just real alluring, wasn't it? Got to have it. You know how some women, they, my wife, she has to touch everything in every store she goes in what it is I guess lots of women are like that they touch it I say well, why are you touching that you, you surely you don't want that she said oh I just want to feel of it you know they go down just cut them loose 
at a big place where they're shopping in the street. I just try to find me a bench and say, the old guy, just wait for you when you get done. But she can be satisfied just looking in the windows or touching it. Come on. And that's how we are. When we get it, we say, ooh, I really didn't want this. How much is our birthright worth tonight? How much is your birthright worth tonight? Maybe you don't realize it, but when you took on the name of Jesus in baptism and you were filled with the Holy Ghost, He gave you a birthright then and there. Come on, right then and there. Praise God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to overcome the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Praise God. We have the precious promise of eternal life today. We have a birthright as sons and daughters of the king eternal. Praise God. That one day if we remain faithful and this life is all over with, uh, we will rule and reign as kings and priests in our infinite minds. We cannot even comprehend what God has prepared for us because the scripture begins to declare, friend, uh, that it's written, I had not seen and near nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man uh, the things which God had prepared uh, for them that love him. Uh, praise God. That's awesome. We love it. Uh, we sing about it. We preach about it. We talk about it. Uh, but in reality, uh, heaven sometimes is so vague. It's so far away. It's like I said, that pie in the sky that we hear about so much that we eventually seem that, hey, it can't even be attained, but it can. You can live victorious for God. I said, you can be victorious in God. You hear me? I said, you can be victorious in walking with the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling somebody, praise the Lord. If you fall deep, deep in love with him, praise the Lord. He's going to help you uh, every step of the way, every step you take. Uh, he's going to be there to take one with you. Uh, when you feel like you can't get up, uh, you'll find yourself being toted by the master. Uh, come on, he'll take your hand uh, and he'll say, just come walk with me. Uh, too many times we don't want to walk with him. Uh, we're the people of the fishes and loaves. We're the fishes and loaves, people. Give me what's in your hands, Lord. I don't want what is his, what's in his hands because that's all he's got. I want to be at his feet where I can get everything that I know that he wants to give me. I remember one time going to the altar and I was talking to the Lord and I was telling the Lord about this situation that I was in and what was going on. And when I began to try to kind of get up, I felt this hand on my back. And the more I tried to get up, the more it pushed me down. And I, and I, I looked around to see if somebody was trying to push me down. Uh, but it was all alone. It was God. I didn't even realize I was at the feet of Jesus. Uh, and he was pushing me back down there. Uh, in reality, he was telling me, hey, it's right here at my feet. Uh, you just stay here for a little bit longer. Uh, you just plead your case uh, just a little bit longer, Mike. Uh, and I've got your answer. Uh, you're right here where you can get the answer. Uh, we don't like to be at the feet of Jesus. Uh, because it costs us. Uh, we have to stay 
stay there for a while. And when we get up, we know we've been changed. We had just reached out for the fish and the loaves, but we got there where he's at in the depths of our heart when we begin to plead our case. Oh, I want to be at his feet where I know, uh, friend of mine, when I get up, I'm changed. Uh, and somebody looks at me and says, what happened to you? We take our altar services not serious enough. Because if we took them serious when we got up, somebody would look at us and say, what's happened to you? And your answer would be, God's changed me. God's taken that off of me. God's given me my answer. God's healed me. God's delivered me. Uh, my God, if he's taken the stripes upon his back, uh, that tells me he's a healer. Uh, there's no sickness that he can't heal. Uh, there's no disease uh, that could stand before him. Uh, he's greater than any disease. Uh, he's, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we don't want to be down there. Uh, we just want to get up uh, from our little office service uh, come on a crying and whining around uh, a little bit uh, but we need to get at the feet of Jesus uh, and tell him all about it oh come on somebody reach out to him when was the last time you was at the feet of Jesus and you got up and you really really knew within the heart of hearts uh, you had been changed Come on, when was the last time? It's been too long, hasn't it? Yes, I know, because we're fishing in loaves. Huh? Give me what you got in your hand. That's good enough, Jesus. Come on, we need a, we need a service. The world will be at the feet of Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you, Brother Merriman, when I get up, you can look at me and say, I know without a shadow of a doubt he's been changed. I can look at him. I can see the glow on him. Uh, come on, we don't even have the glow of the Holy Ghost on us uh, half the time when we walk in the church uh, because we beat down and we let ourselves uh, get beat down by this thing uh, called life. But, oh, I'm telling somebody tonight. I've got a God that's greater than anything uh, that this world's trying to offer me. I said, I've got a God that's greater than anything uh, this world's trying to make look good to my eyes. Uh, come on, i got something greater uh, than any of the red district of this world uh, could ever offer. Uh, I've got something greater uh, in me uh, than a dance floor uh, out there with a few minutes. Uh, come on, with a bottle uh, or a drug uh, better than anything uh, that you can imagine tonight. Uh, I've got an inheritance tonight. Uh, I'm trying to hold on to. I've got to pass something down to my baby. If you value your babies, you would come down and you would get at the feet of Jesus and let him take that stripe out of your heart. You'd let him take that jealousy away. You'd let him take that anger. You'd let him take that hate. Because you had a baby that you had, you had to pass something down to. <laughs> do me, do the church a big favor. Don't talk trash about your church in front of your babies. Don't say nothing bad about one of the saints in the church in front of your babies. 
You know what you're doing to your babies? You're making them babies despise that person. That person ain't even done nothing to your baby. But all along, your baby's going to despise them. They're going to grow up to dislike them and hate them. Friend of mine, that's not fair to them. Come on, you need to repent of that. And get that under the blood. And ask God to help you today. Come on, not to say nothing about the church or the saints in front of your baby. You need a moment at the feet of Jesus. But when you get up, you're changed. And you know for a surety, uh, come on, that you can pass something good on down to your babies. Uh, come on, please. Uh, I'm asking God right now, uh, if you start to say anything, uh, come on, about somebody in the church. Uh, or talk negative uh, about the church uh, in front of your babies. Uh, that God give you the lock jaw. God give you the lock, Joe. Oh God. For every bad thing that you say about this place, I can give you a hundred positive things uh, about this church. We don't even know what we're doing. We're ruining our babies. Running our babies. Anytime me and my wife talked, we made sure it was in the confounds of our bedroom when the door was shut and the babies couldn't hear uh, anything we was talking about. Uh, because I didn't want my babies uh, to have a bitter taste in their mouth uh, about something uh, that was going on. But you know what? You got a big mouth. And every time you take a step, you walk on your tongue. You need to ask God to help you. Praise the Lord. Reach out to him, somebody. Come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh. Sometimes getting what we need, it seems like it's so down the road. The promise that we have is so hard. Sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend. Praise the Lord. The problem is that there are plenty of bowls of stew out there that will capture your attention. You know, friend of mine, there's the instant gratification. There's the temporal pressures, the temporal, the temporal pleasures of all this world. And the hope of tomorrow quickly fades away when you have excitement in the tangible pleasures of this world right at your fingertips. tell somebody you better be careful the buttons you push on that thing and the places you go you'll end up being somewhere you don't want to be you hear me come on and what you need and decide tonight is what kind of price would I put on my birthright what kind of price have you put on your birthright tonight Come on, what is it? I'm going to set the price right now. I'm not going to sell out for something that smells good, looks good, tastes good, knowing that it's right, it looks right, but it's all wrong. No, sir, no, I'm not. Not for a few moments of stolen 
come on, pleasures that overpower us at that moment. Come on, I know that forbidden waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But is it worth it to lose your birthright for a few moments of excitement? <laughs> is it? Did you know, friend of mine, that, that God hates it when you go out and buy you a toy and it takes your time away from the house of God and you got to miss a house of God to pay for it? Did you know God despises that? God don't want us to be like that. Come on. He don't want that to happen. Did you know what? A few nights apart in the you could throw everything out the window. Uh-huh. If they were your friends, they wouldn't party with you anyhow if they knew you had the Holy Ghost. None of my friends that I went back to after I got the Holy Ghost ever tried to offer me a drink ever tried to offer me a drug they all was happy for me hello there are some devils out there though you know we want to be accepted by our peers at work school what kind of stew would make you give up everything that you have hoped for in this future come on I'm getting ready to close you say, Brother Heron, I'd never sell my eternal salvation out for anything like that. Come on. You know, it's easy to make a promise to God. Boy, when we're hucking and bucking, isn't it? We're shouting, running. Come on now. We say, oh, I would never do that. But when you get in that old carnal world, things change. Come on, things change. Peter talked real big before Jesus was taken away, didn't he? He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. But just a few short verses later, after denying Jesus three times, come on, he turned and looked at Peter, praise the Lord. And, and Peter remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said to him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Uh, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. And here we can sit here tonight. And say, I would never deny, I would never deny the Lord. I would never betray, never betray uh, my birthright. I would never throw the towel in. I would never do anything like that. I know it's hard sometimes to remember that we're working for an invisible reward. Sometimes the desire for the instant, the temporal gratification becomes overpowering. But tonight we need to prepare our hearts to withstand and not sell out to anything. Come on. Come on. We got to prepare our hearts not to sell out for nothing. Rehoboam started his reign. You come, sister. Rehoboam started his reign in Jerusalem. And for the first 17 years, first 17 years, ruled well. In fact, the Bible says that God gave it. His cho God chose Rehoboam and put his name in the city and how after a few years the Bible gives a striking indication of Rehoboam and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord he prepared not 
Mm. His heart to seek the Lord. It wasn't that he intended to do evil, evil. He just, he just wasn't prepared to withstand the evil that came his way that day. Come on. It wasn't that he prepared to be an evil king. He just failed, failed to prepare to be a godly king. Reboam didn't plan for the mind to fail. He just failed to plan. And when the pleasures of sin came against him, he caved in. Most people don't plan to sell their birthright. They just fail to determine what the value of the birthright was ahead of the time and the moment of the weakness and the reality that seems all important. Sometimes in your life you need to decide how much your birthright is really worth. How much is it worth tonight? Moses put a price tag on his birthright early on in spite of the Repeated temptations remembered how valuable his heritage was. By faith, Moses, when he come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know what Moses said in reality? My birthright, and I'm done, my birthright is worth more than all the treasures in Egypt. It's worth more than the temporal pleasures of sin. And I'd ask you tonight one more time. Come on, while you close your eyes and you begin to seek after God right now. Come on, while you close your eyes, every eye closed, come on. Every eye closed talking to the Lord right now, come on. What is your birthright worth? What is your birthright worth? Are you going to be like, Rehoboam didn't plan to fail. He just failed to plan. Are you going to be like that tonight? Come on. And when the pleasures of sin come, are you going to cave in? Or are you going to withstand? Come on. Come on. It wasn't that he had prepared to be an evil king. He just failed to prepare to be. Come on. That godly person that God wanted him to be. Is that you tonight? Come on, sir. Won't you come to this altar, bid your knee tonight? Come on. Come on. I'm asking you to come right now. Come on. Do you want to come? Why don't some of you come and get at the feet of Jesus tonight? And don't, don't just come for the fishes and loaves tonight, but come and take care of some business with Jesus tonight. Tell him, I got to get right tonight, Jesus. tonight. I really did. I want to come and inject some faith in you tonight, but I know this is the direction that the Lord told me to go in tonight when I come in this sanctuary and pray. He said, way too far many of us have not valued our inheritance the way we need to. It don't really mean what it needs to mean to us. I beg you tonight, come on, if, if you've been talking it, you would please tell God, please forgive me tonight, God. I'm at your feet and help me to get right. I'd ask you tonight, come on, to start looking at the positive things about this church and how positive this church is. This is not a negative.